0: Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chidman. This is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Great show today with Omar Stanley Posadas. He is a fantastic guy that I absolutely love following over on Instagram. Go to the show notes so you can see his Instagram handle there. Go check him out. This was a great episode. He came to running late in life and he is crushing it. I mean, this guy objectively is crushing it. I had to get more info. This is a guy who started running like a handful of years ago. And I mean this is like three or four years ago. And he's out there like running a 301 marathon. It's it's absolutely incredible. As a master's runner, I mean a completely unique situation for him that so many of us would aspire to. So hey, why not learn from Omar, right? So I couldn't wait to talk to him I and mean, this was a really fun episode that's for sure. Also I want to say thank you to a new sponsor of the Realm Bing Runner. Podcast, John G. Have you ever tried John G before? It's an apparel company and they just do amazing things. They're there for everyday exploration. Every single thing that they put out, every new new series of clothes that they put out is about a different part of the world. They work with local artists in that area and they just make great attire. In addition to that, they have a five-year run everywhere guarantee on their clothes. Five years. Can you believe that? Five-year guarantee. It's awesome. I love their stuff. Their shorts are the best. And their pants. My first ultra was in the spring. I wore John G pants to that ultra. They were not sponsoring the show. I did that because they were the best pants I had. And I'm so glad that I did. And now they're sponsoring the show. I had no way of knowing that at the time, but I'm so glad they're here. Go to John G.com. That's janj icom and use code rambling to save 15%. Now let's get into my conversation with Omar.
1: All right, Omar, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Me too. I'm so glad that the other recording times that we get set up, and then I had to postpone one, that you had to postpone one. It super. It, it, let me tell you, it it works in mysterious ways because I feel like we couldn't have recorded at a better time than today because of the news from Boston on Friday. If people listen to the last podcast, they already know all about this: the buffer and 11,000 people who qualified but will not be able to run. All of that again. People can listen to the last podcast about that. Also, you probably already know this. If you're listening to the Railing Runner podcast, you probably already know all about that. But Omar, you are one of the people who qualified, met the qualifying standards, but were also accepted into the race. So congratulations, my man.
1: Thank you so much. You know, I you're right. This this would have been a different podcast if, we, if it was initially planned. And, um, since And Friday, I think I missed the mark there. I think my life has changed since being accepted. And folks just... It was just, it's been a chaotic three or four days since the news broke, and it's been, for me, bittersweet. Honestly, i I've ex- extremely excited for the opportunity to join Boston, but bummed because many of my friends that I wanted them to be with me are not going to make it, and it's super bummer. So I think it's like, a, for me, a, a, a rollercoaster of emotions, ups and downs, just because of the news, um... I am very, I'm very excited nonetheless. But I'm also extremely bummed that folks weren't able to make it, and the cutoff is pretty severe.
0: Right, for sure. And so, for people who don't know, when when did you qualify for Boston? What race? And what was like? What was your personal buffer?
1: Yeah. So my um my goal was to qualify for Boston in um in August. So I ran the Santa Rosa Marathon, which is about an hour from Napa, and it's a pretty flat course it's a pretty high percentage for to to be about 17 between 17 and 20% of runners qualify and that was my goal is to qualify um now let I me mean, just quickly go back so this is my second marathon ever my first marathon i ran in march of 20 this basically this year and i ran at 316 that was the that first marathon was just to get one under my belt. There was no no goal other than getting it done at a, at a 3:15, 3:16 316, 316 pace, which I, um time that is that, which I got. And then after that, I'm like, you know what? Let's 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 aim. Let's go for the BQ, you know. And uh, I spoke to my coach about this, and we were we we're, you know we're like I you know I think you're ready for this. So we 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 put a, a pretty solid plan, and we got to work. And then so. In um in August, we we um you know we our goal was a 303. Um I came in at 30140. And then you know I'm 44, so my 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 BQ time was a 310. That's the standard. So I was about a little, you know, a little eight minutes with buffer. And you know, listen, I never this I'm also a new runner, so I did I didn't know there was gonna be a cutoff. I never knew that about that. If I thought any if you BQ you're in, right? Except for the, for the the COVID situation races that I've heard about. But prior to that, I thought anybody would make it. So I was surprised to know that there was a cutoff this time around.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's one of those things, especially the last two years, where the, everyone who did make the qualifying standard were allowed to run the race. So people, some people who are new to this experience, again, it would have been easy to not know that. Right. And then, you know, the COVID year was different. Because you had, I think it was twenty thousand runners were allowed to run, so it was a a the biggest cutoff ever. I'm sorry, the biggest buffer ever. It was a little over seven minutes, um, and then before that, and we covered this in the last episode. But there's always been there's usually has a buffer of some kind, right? Usually minute two or three. So this one was a little bit larger, but it also speaks to the popularity of the sport. I'm sorry, pop- popularity of the sport, the popularity of Boston, and how fast people are running, right? Because it's not like everyone who qualifies. It, everyone who reaches the Boston Marathon qualifying standard, not everyone applies to run Boston, right? Like right. that's the thing. It's like you don't. Like, some people there. There could be hundreds of thousands of people who met those standards. We're like, I'm not. I don't want to run Boston this year, right? Or right. or whatever, right? So you never know who's going to apply, but you certainly were in a very good spot. So Omar, that that is fantastic. I mean, a few people are going to gonna listen to this and be like, Wait, hold on a second, man, <laughs> A 3:16, first marathon ever as a masters runner. And they was like, oh, I'm going to go see if I can qualify for Boston. Goal of 303 and then running a 301. That is like, that is amazing. There are so many people who like have goals out there and they have projected times. And it's as, as you know, from you have a lot of yeah. running friends, those marathon projection times are, are tricky, right? Those last three to five miles can prevent, or I'm sorry, can provide so many challenges that can make those projections while seemingly understandable and legit and 100 realistic those that last 10k can provide so many problems for people uh and understandably so that uh, it can be hard to sometimes meet those goals
1: yeah i i I completely agree so back to the the popularity of running i i'm one of those i started running in in may of 2020 when you know with covid was at its peak and um all the gym closures and i you know, I was like, you know, I need, I need an escape, I need an outlet, and um, and I used to be, I mean, I've been, a, I've been athletic, I've done a lot of weight training prior to this, so I'm not like, coming from like from a static to basically to to this act, active, you know, um, runner. So I have some base built in, um, but when I, but I, I've never ran as consistently as I'm doing now, right? So in 2020, I going to my closet, I put on some old shoes. And I go for like a three-mile run, and um, then oh, you know what? This is all great. I did the next day, the next day, and then so, and so I got shin splints. So you know, this is things that I, I I didn't know about as a runner. You know, I started I started too fast, too quickly. Didn't have the proper shoes. I got shin splints within a month. I then uh, took a month off of running because I was in pain, and I I, I bike ride, and then during that time I I got um. I got smart about running. I, you know, I did some research and I, I, I got proper shoes, and then I started, you know, increasing my my knowledge slowly. And then I just fell in love with the sport. And in November of 2020, I created Omar Runs Napa, this Instagram account, where I wanted just to meet people that were to connect with other runners because, you know, I was posting my runs in my in my. In my my personal account, my family and friends are so, like, yeah, it's cool, you know. Um, but I don't I was missing the the community part of it. I'm an extrovert. I feed up people's energy. I was home like many people during that time. So I wanted to just connect with other folks and I didn't know that in social media there was this huge running community. It was I was so blown away by how many people I connected with. And so I started posting my my runs and I loved it. So that's how it kind of kind of kicked off. And then I I was, you know, just basically connecting with other folks and going through the same pains and also learning a lot about running just through what people were sharing and through inner stories. And that's how I I learned a lot about myself and running. And so I was I just ran for fun for, for most of 2021. And then in start of 2022, um I did my first half marathon here in Napa. i sorry, half marathon. And I loved it. Um, it was great. And I was nervous about the reason I, I hated waiting a bit of it to do racing is because I wanted to run for fun and not worry about time, you know, not have that thing be a driver for me. I just wanted to go out there and enjoy it. And so when I did my first half marathon, I did, there was no plan. I just went out there and, and just and ran. And, and I loved it. And then I did another one and then um in, in, in May of 2022. And then I just continue to run for fun, and then sometime in December, I'm like, you know what, I should do a marathon. Why not go for it, right? Let's let's challenge yourself. So I signed up, and I signed up for this, the Napa Valley Marathon of, in for this year. I couldn't make it, so I did. I had to reschedule that, and, and I did LA instead, which is a very different marathon, much more elevation. It's a challenging on one. On one. On it's LA, LA is a that, challenging yeah. marathon
0: profile for sure.
1: I and this is also as a new runner. Not all marathons are created equal. Um, you know, you gotta really look into the, into them and the elevation gain and and how they they are. So it's much a bigger production. Um, but I felt like my goal was just to get one under my belt. You know, I have been I was used to running long distance and um, but not, a, not not never in a race. So um, I was after the LA, I had a fantastic experience. Um, And I loved it. So that's kind of how I started. Then, then from there, I took a, a, about a, you know about a month off. I went to Italy. We had a good time. Came back and started thinking about okay, what, what's my next race? And that's where I landed in Santa Rosa in August. And then I decided to try to BQ. And um, i and even then, I was, am I ready? Can I do this? Is this something that I could actually achieve? And, and my coach and I talked about this and like, you know what? Let's see. Let's let's see how training is going, and then we'll kind of assess. Um, and then, as you know, he was kind of challenging with some of these these workouts, he saw potential there. That he said, "You know what? I think we could do this." So then it I, was a matter of the timing. How do how, you? How aggressive do you want to go? Do you want to go under sub three, which is wild, or do you want to go at three o five or three o eight? You know, we kind of started playing with this large range of numbers, and um, and we landed at three o three, which I thought was a for me at my level still very difficult to achieve. And like you, you mentioned that after model 2022, 20, it gets very tricky, right? And um so we landed in, in 303 and I was feeling really good during that time. That's where I made up some of the, the time difference.
0: Oh this is a great summary. Thank you for going through all of that Omar and I want to I want to dive into some of the beginning parts of this because it um the way you describe it is is perfectly done but at the same time the progression from really getting into running i wouldn't say seriously but consistently i guess there's a better word for it and the progression from like a year and a half after that to doing some of the things you're doing is remarkable it truly is so i want to dive a little bit into that so you know so you start again you talked about it you Had that first month didn't go great. Had to take a month off after after some nagging injuries, and then you get back into it after that. So talk to me about, again, not what you thought necessarily at the time, but I I certainly am interested in that. But now looking back on that period of time, that first nine months or so, or six to nine months, talk to me about the the progression in terms of like the mileage and how you were approaching running (laughs)
1: and, and building
0: all building up all of that to see like to set the stage for all the things that you've done since then, because it really is a remarkable buildup.
1: I would, I am going to be honest with you. I didn't have a plan in place. I, my goal was to run, well, so there was no long-term plan there. The short term was 10 miles a day and take a day off and that I'm being truthful there. I, I, so
0: one day a week I, off? Is that the, the yes. reason? Okay. I
1: was doing 10 miles a day. I build up to 10 miles a day and I love that. I every morning I would get up and run 10 miles and and I didn't care about pace. I didn't care about um time. I was I just get up there and run help it based all based on feeling.
0: All right, let me hold you there. Okay. So, how long did it take you to get up to 10 miles a day?
1: Oh. Pretty quickly. And I um so I started in May. I was out most of June cuz of shin splints and I started running Probably in the middle, middle of July. By October, I was already running ten miles. Wow, almost pretty quickly. And Matty, if you know me, I you know if this is I'm I'm pretty committed, and you know I, I've, I've I'm driven I by this, and I do take days off here and there, but I was really this I invested so much of my time and effort and and into into this, um, you know, it was very consistent. I, I would rest, I would eat well, I, I I bought a massage gun to you know, so I, I it was just that type of that that type of um drive that I was that I that I've had. And of course, there's days that my body was achy and I, I took a days off and there's days that my body was achy and I still ran, but I was fine. Um it, it was pretty quickly for me and I was surprised by that. And and I and I as I reflect on it and because folks ask me now like wow, well, you know you know you know I hate running how do you do it I'm like I'm I think I'm built I'm just built for it like you know some folks you see some people or athletes are built for certain I just my body just handles it well I don't know how to explain it I love running I love the way it feels of course there's days that are not great but most days are great for me and i love it i if i feel great being out there i i feel like i'm good at it if that makes sense without sounding too cocky it just feels i'm I'm. no you good. are really good at it man for sure I really explain I mean, it. if you just qualified it, for boston it you're it just obviously happens. really good at it it just happens to me that i just, i feel good i haven't had no no training in my cadence so but but the good thing is i have had a lot of video taken of me because you know so when i started then re- when I started, then, um, um, recording video, creating reels. So, what really propelled I think my account was when I started creating reels and funny reels and making fun of, you know, making fun of running and 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 documenting my journey. I think that's what kind of got got the attention of some folks, um, more attention of folks, you know, and more followers. Was that? Um, I got all the video of me, so I was able to correct my 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 cadence and and uh, my I you know. My, my, my form, um, by looking at my videos on myself, but I never have somebody really assess my, you know, if, if am I doing credit or not? I just go by based on feel. And, um, and so I I don't have proper training. That's what I'm trying to say. No, but it's, it's, certainly, it's certainly working out <laughs> for sure. Now, speaking of working <laughs> out,
0: I didn't mean make that to be a play on words, but I was going to ask you about working out, as something that preceded this because you have mentioned before that you were an active right. person that you did spend a lot of time in the gym and anyone who's ever seen your Instagram if they have it they should you're a strong guy like you're a well-built guy and you've done also some some pictures of like hey before and after type stuff but even like in your before pictures you're obviously were a strong dude right yeah. so at what point I didn't say at what point but How much do you think, knowing that we'll never know the full answer to this, I guess it's just more of your opinion than anything else, but how do you think that the years of strength training kind of set the stage for you to adopt running quickly in a way that you could kind of build up your mileage pretty quickly in a way that also was sustainable and didn't leave you injured after like that first month or so? Hey, everybody. Want to give a shout out to John G, my favorite running apparel company. I love their shorts so much. They are so comfortable. I don't even realize they're on. No chafing whatsoever. In pockets galore for all the goos. And I wore their pants on my first ultra. They weren't even sponsoring the show at the time. I just love them so much. If you go to John that's janj icom you can use code Rambling to save 15% on your order for the best attire in the world with a five-year guarantee my goodness okay let's get back to the podcast
1: right um i i i say this that straight training strength training doing leg workouts help build that base and i still do it and um i've been fortunate not to not to be have a lot of injuries so far you know th- things may happen you're know, nagging pains here and in there but i do think that ha- those strength training with running in combination has helped me a lot. And I think that's been an advantage that I've had. You know, if I know a lot of folks do not do any type of strength training, they do maybe some stretching. And I always suggest, you know, what works for me is strength training. I, I still do it. If I'm training for a race, I do it once a week. If I'm not, I do it twice a week with running. But I don't I don't go as heavy as I used to um, because it does impact my, my, my running. I don't want to be too sore for, you know, run the next day. Um, but I do think I do think it, it helped me a lot. It created a base, you know. Uh, you know, it also helped me understand my limits, like how to push myself, right, and build that grit. Like I, you know, in, in the weight room when you're working out, you know, you're always trying to get stronger. You know, I'm not the biggest person in the gym. I'm never going to be, be it, but stronger for my, you know, for my 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 stature and my weight. I felt pretty strong. So that kind of that built that grit in that in that kind of consistency. Of of um, kind of built my um, you know, like I knew what to expect when I wanted to accomplish something. You know, I know how, how much hard work is going to take and how much sacrifice and dedication. So I apply that those same principles to running.
0: That's and, I would
1: say What's very different between the two, and I I was say this, Matt, is that running is to me has been the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Running is hard. You know, I, I, I say I love it, but it's really difficult. It is, it challenges you mentally, physically, you know, there is just something that, and I, I feed off that, right? So that's why I, I'm so passionate about it. Unlike strength training, running has really challenged me mentally, and in no, in, nothing else has done this way, you know? When I was running my last marathon, you know, after mile 20, it was hard, you know, I'm, running a marathon in general is very difficult, and I know the pieces I need to hit, but uh, this is when you dig deep, and, you know. Oh, you got this. You know how this feels. You've been this. You've been here before, and I think that's kind of what I've been. I've built, you know, is just you, I've learned to us to be comfortable with uncomfortable. You know, it's uncomfortable. Your body's tired. Your legs feel tired, um, but you're still are powering through. And I think that that's what's happening with with strength training. I, I, you know, when you're tired and you still you're trying to crank one or two out. Um, same thing with running, but it's in much, I think much larger scale because it is, um, it plays with your mind a lot.
0: Yeah. And I love the, it's funny. I've talked about strength training on the podcast a lot, not just like in terms of how to improve at it, why it's important for running, but even like my own journeys with strength training as someone who used to lift a lot for college basketball and then kind of like fell, fell completely off the wagon once I wasn't playing anymore and, and kind of going back and forth and, and, and uh, you know over the last you know 20 years or so now with that said there is a great comparison here that that you were intimating is just like the idea of how when you're in the process of improvement and i think no one ever goes into a weight training regimen expecting to like get massive gains like right away or ever right it's like all right five five pounds here five pounds there right like maybe it's like you're at, like say you're on the pull-down machine like i was doing the i was doing eight Last week, maybe maybe in a month, I'll be able to be at number nine and then I'll go to number 10 or, or things like that. Like, it's a very step by step approach that, that, that basically anyone with any rational thought will approach to strength training, right? That's this kind of how everyone approaches it. However, in running, sometimes I don't know exactly the reason for this, but some people expect kind of um, growth, growth by leaps and bounds. And in a way that you wouldn't, you never—at least I have never heard anyone talk in strength training in those terms, unless like all of a sudden they're like, you know, they're on the juice and they got gear running through. <laughs> like right, they're they're on a, like they're approaching it a little bit differently, and it's it's one of those things where how you approach strength training. It makes sense that like you approach running in a similar way if you came to it after doing strength training for a long time because that's just like how you'd, you you know, thought about your own growth in this other endeavor for that long and I think it's such a healthy way to approach it. Now I'm kicking myself for not approaching running the same way because I I've, I've gone through some some of the same things that you've gone through and I never made the exact comparison I think that you were you were making there.
1: You know, um, great point you're making and it's so true. You know, oftentimes. You know, you, you hear the newbie gains, you know, somebody's working for the first time, You they they be, they, they get bigger. And whatever it is to you, you know, some people want to get more jacked or lean. or It, it all depends on their journey, but it takes...
0: And even for those people, it's usually form-related. And the same thing with running. Like, early on, like, a quick gain, it's like, okay, well, like, you've never done it before, so you can kind of, like, once your form kicks in, then all of a sudden you reach that next plateau of, like, all right, now we're actually gaining muscle as opposed to, like, you actually learned, like like how to move your body in that, in that way, which you weren't doing before.
1: A 100%. That's exactly, exactly the point. So basically if after you plateau and you don't see gains, oftentimes people just give up, you know, or they, you know, they just, you know, this is not working for me. I'm not seeing anything or they switch everything up because they, they just want, they're, they're chasing something that they just can't achieve. And it just takes time similar to running. It just takes time when I was running, when I started in 2020, I was just putting, I was putting the work, 10 miles a day here and there, you know, um, the first year since from, from May to, to that first year, I think I ran like a thousand miles, you know, and, and I thought that's great. And then I, I think I doubled that in, in 2021. Um, but it's funny, now I'm running less miles, but they're more intentional because it's not just out there but it's, it's all, it's all based on where I'm at now in, in, in my goals, which are very different than others. You know, um, I still don't consider myself like a runner, true runner. I, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an engineer, I'm i I'm a director of engineering. I, that's my profession. I'm, I love to run. I've always been active. It's been a big part of my life, but I still sometimes feel like, uh, I, I, I'm not a, you know, true runner. You know, I, I've, not an imposter syndrome. I think it's most mostly, um, I'm still figuring things out. I'm still learning. The fact that I got into Boston, it's crazy. You know, Brandon, if you were told me this back in the start of this year, that that would have happened, I would have said, no way. I, in fact, last year, this time, I would have told you, I'm, there. I'm not gonna run a marathon, that's wild. Who wants to run a marathon? That was my mentality then. But it changed, it's evolved, so, you know, Never say never, you know, and and just be open to to changes and opportunities, and and it hasn't changed my perspective on running. I st- I still love running, though it's more structured because it has to be structured. But I really enjoy that. You know, I'm I'm getting a lot more information on on how to approach a trading block. You know, the easy ones need to be easy, so I focus on that. The harder ones need to be really you know challenging and focusing on that, and I love that. I love numbers. I love diving into like what can we improve here. Um, and I've loved seeing my progression. Listen, I'm having a good year. You know, 2024 may not be like this high, and it's fine. But I'm gonna, I'm going for, I'm in for the ride. I know there's ups and there's downs, and right now I feel really good. But I know this this won't last. Like anything like it's like in any sports, you may get injured, you may have a down, you may have a, you know, something may not go right, and, and I'm okay with that, you know. I'm a little older, so I'm able to accept these things. And it's, in, you know, I'm 44. I've gone through ups and downs. I I know how to handle these things, and I know I know that they're they, they're they're going to happen eventually. So I am mentally prepared for that. And I I heard in your last podcast talk about, you know, um, the folks that made, made it to Boston. You know, we still there's still a lot of time left. You know, you may get injured, and you may not. And you're right, that's so true. You know, we made it, but there's still a lot of time from here to then. A lot could happen in that time. And you're 100% true about
0: that. And, and I didn't want to be like the pair of bad news or so cold water. Anybody but it was more like, hey, we can't be, we can't be, you know, overly reactional to the moment. Right. Like positive or negative. I mean, we could always be optimistic and we can certainly feel our feelings, but let's not be like, all right, I'm in. It's going to be great. It's like, yeah, it might be. But what if it's not like we also can't like you can't put it on a pedestal. And all of a sudden, when it doesn't go the way you want it to, or you get sick, or like there's travel problems or what else, or whatever, right? There could be a thousand different things. All of a sudden, you're like, oh my God, my dr- my Boston dream is now over. It's like, okay, well, it's, and that's, again, it's okay to have dreams. So it's great to have goals and, it's, and to achieve them is fantastic and to go after them is even more so. But at the same time, like you have to like, as you just said, be understanding of like, hey, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm doing the best I can today you mentioned before that early on in your running journey, you made a very intentional decision to not be worried about pace that you was more about getting out there, spending time on the run. You did, you were aware of your mileage, but, but you didn't care how long it took you as long as you were like, we're still able to get to work and do all of those things. So, so how is your relationship with your watch and pace shifted over time and i'd love to know like not only from like a an easy run perspective but also from workout perspective and how you've managed that process because you certainly managed it very well early on
1: yeah that's a great question and um i would say it's hard not to compare yourself in social media you know it's it's just it, it's it's so it's out there and it, it happens and, I, and i'm not allowed to you; i've done it before I've, I've compared myself to others you know i should be here but should i really be here you know and this no, I shouldn't. It's just this is my journey. This is their journey. Take it for what it is. Um, some so prior to training for a race, I I would go out for ten miles, and I you know I want to get return a certain time, I guess, because I had a meeting at you know eight o'clock in the morning that I get you know shout and for. So that was usually the driver, you know, getting done before then. But there's days that I just went out there and went for feel. Um, you know, it, I was looking back at my times for from the first marathon to this marathon, you know, the training. And I noticed that I was going a, a little faster as well. So there is there's still that, looking, into, looking at my watch, looking at the pace. Let me make sure, you know, if I see an, an eight in there, okay. If I see a seven, even better. If I see a nine, you know, oh, yes, it's pretty slow. In my mind, um, I could go faster. But what I've learned from, from, my, from initially to now, like, my, my initial runs, before my marathon training, I was running too fast. So I was going too fast every single time.
0: Can and you put numbers not, on that for me? Can you can you, t- was, can you describe exactly what the numbers were for some of those yeah, runs? I
1: was I was averaging like a like maybe a seven fifty, seven forty, a uh, pace, eight eight ten was eight fifteen. When I when I get to that, I'm like, oh, that's that's too. I'm that's, I i could go faster. But no, please, I wanted to. I wasn't training for anything. I was just running every day. So there was um that notion that, okay, I gotta eat a certain, mu- so much, but I, I, but I didn't obsess over it. I just knew that I saw it and I, and, and I needed to go. Um. So, I, but there was no, I, I, there was no, I'm like, okay. I didn't feel like a failure if I didn't hit it. Put it that way. It's just, it's just, I wanted to hit a certain pace. If I didn't, it was fine. It wasn't the end of the day and in, in the world for me. But what I, but what I noticed is that in growth for me was slowing it even further What I've realized is that if I wanted to gain and go faster, I needed to slow things down a lot more because I wasn't, like, I wasn't getting my body enough rest. And I think this is one thing I've been learning. Is this true? Definitely true. You heard the 80-20 rule? I think it applies to to certain things in life. And for me, you know, I was was looking back to my first marathon um, and I was looking at my easy runs and they were still a little too fast. Um, and this before I got a, a heart monitor I was just going based on feel and, and, and my watch rate my pace but I really are intentional now of going slower and and um and it's I don't care it doesn't bug me you know it, it's in Strava that I, I posted, and and it, it is what it is and it, it but it's it definitely helped like tomorrow I have a track workout so today you know so easy easy nine and and the easy for me is not easy for somebody else and I understand that. And so I'm also very mindful of what, how I say things. But I also want folks to know that this is my journey, not somebody else's journey. And some, you know, you see folks that are, you know, running a seven minute, easy miles uh, you know pace um on between an 850 and a 915 at 930 for easy at a almost a, um and also give you know given the climate is pretty napa um, Napa's being very cool summer. So my heart rate's pretty low. So all these things are a plan for to buy my, my benefit too. But you um, bring
0: up a good cool. point there. Thank you for sharing, like, your current easy paces because they're drastically different, drastically slower than the easy paces you are running before, even though you're more fit than you were yes. before. That and is- it's, like, roughly... Two minutes per mile slower than your marathon pace, the current marathon fitness, right? And again, these things shift, like your current marathon fitness might not be what your marathon fitness was five months ago. But broadly speaking, we're talking about a two minute difference between marathon time and easy run time. Now, people can't just take that and transpose it like, all right, Omar does two minute difference. I'm going to do two minute difference. But the idea of what easy is for most people is not going to be pretty close to their marathon pace it's going to be slower than that. So um, yeah. it is, it's a good thing to know. And it's a good, good realization too, because especially early on in your running journey, you, it's hard to go by feel and intuition if you don't have a background of experience. Right. It's like it's like me trying to be an intuitive eater. It's like that's gonna end right. That's not gonna end well. Right. So it's like like basing your running on field when you haven't run before. It's like, well, what is what is my gut actually telling me it doesn't know anything yet? Right. So that's why that's when sort of pace calculators can be helpful or heart rate monitors can be helpful, especially early on in the journey, to kind of get the basis for like, okay, what is zone two? What does that mean and how is that supposed to feel? Right? Or or just do the, do the talk test, right? That's a good one, too. Like, if you run with people, if you can talk in paragraphs, you're probably in zone two.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, that's why I don't always post about my, what my slow pace is, because somebody else is maybe a 12-minute mile slow pace or a 13-minute or a 10, and that's fine. And in no way, that 13 could be a sub-3 marathon pace, you know. And so, it, we all vary. And, and, I, and also... I have a lower heart rate, you know, it's pretty low in general. I, I live in Napa, which is pretty cool. So the temperature does play a factor into your heart rate. If you're, you know, doing a different climate, you know. Oh, for sure. It's been a very hot summer across the world. It seems that way. We've been lucky in, in, in Napa, in the northern side of, you know, North Bay, that it's been pretty cool. Um, So I got a pretty cool, a pretty cool summer training. Whereas I more mean, a lot of folks were pretty humid and hot and it's it, it impacts your training. Um so it's it's it, it's hard to compare yourself to oh well he's doing that and but you know you're 100 degrees humidity here and it's gonna really vary your training. You can't compare that. I had a folks come from Florida to run with me in Napa and they're like, they're, you know, I understand why you, you recover faster here. I'm like, yeah, because it's really cool. It was like low, f- High 40s, low 50s in the morning in summertime, no humidity, oh you know. So it, it's, it's true, it's and you get the, the Bay Area of fog. So it's a very cool summer here, it's, like so, it's so true. And it... in the 80s and 90s and 100s sometimes, but it's a very cool summer. Uh, and, and that's the thing that people don't mean to understand is, is the weather plays a big factor in your pacing and how you feel. And, and summer trains can be very difficult for that reason, for
0: sure. There's a Strava plugin that people can use it's based on like point, so like it's, it's do me so it's d e w m e the play on words is, it's kind of hard to talk about on a podcast without having the visual but it's like it's, it's if you go online make sure you spell it the right way especially if you're in a work computer you don't want to like you know flag hr but you know do d e w like point me it's a strava extension it's not perfect i think I've I've looked at it before. Basically, it's kind of like some people look at like what what the gap pace is for like a run on the hills, right? So it's like okay, like yep. maybe I've eight minute pace, but my gap pace was seven thirty because I was on these on these hills and things like that. It kind of provides that, but from a temperature perspective, like all right, say I was running again, say eight minute pace because it's, it's a round number, but because it was a dew point of 63 and it was 82 degrees, it really was like a, a 715 paced run. Again, it's not perfect, but it does allow people, especially if they're in those conditions for a long time and they lose sight of how, just how hard it can be com- compared to more temperate climates. It does give you that, oh, okay, now I get it. Just like if someone's running in altitude, like it, Temperature affects you. Just like running at altitude affects you. It might affect us each differently, but it there's
1: no one it it doesn't affect. Right. So I, I got um we we have a we have a family have we have a cabin in Tahoe, so it's about or six hundred uh, six thousand elevation. So I went there to train during summertime. I get to work from home so I have an opportunity to do that. It's a it and so I trained there for about two weeks. And it it was very different, you know. I, the first day I ran there, I felt like I was, you know, I couldn't breathe. I it just feels like I was out of breath, and it was very, like, it felt tough. But you you acclimate to that, and that was not a great run, you know. It was it, because of 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 the elevation side, but that's a good point. It's just different elevation, different 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 terrain. It, it changes it, it changed my run style. I was after a while. I really loved it. I was doing track tri- workout better and I, really, I came back and it felt came back to 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 Seattle. level. oh, this is fun. It felt so easy. You know, just the first one back home felt like an easy, the easiest one ever. But it just proves to you how it changes things. You know, so like folks, if you're in like in 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 this in the other side of of the U. S. and it's summertime, and come to California for a, a, a race, you're gonna love it here. You know, it's. it's you're gonna feel like you know i could do this forever because it's just an easy the weather is much better so um i have so much respect for folks that are running in some some really hot weather and humidity those i have major respect for those and also the the, the flip side winter time people are run out there in the snow and really cold weather that's awesome um we don't get that much here in napa it's it's, it's pretty consistent so have major respect that's why that. you
0: guys have all those wines. It's that consistent climate, <laughs> right? If you if you can go somewhere where they make wine, that's a good running spot because you know the weather's going to be relatively consistent.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it, it, my point here is it, it may look better, but I think you need to understand your your situation where your weather, your climate. It just it changes the way you run, right? Of no course, you adapt about. to it, but it it does impact your pace. If that's no question about well. it so here you are.
0: You you set an audacious goal to qualify for Boston in your second in your second marathon ever. Well, it wasn't super crazy because you were about five or six minutes off the qualifying standard to begin with. But to go from three sixteen to three oh one at any age for anybody is a huge improvement and that, that is you know commendable to, to the nth degree. With that said, I know you're a driven guy. You know, you, you, you approach this with with such a good attitude and your positivity. But, you know, you don't get to run those things unless you have some an inner drive as well. So what are some of the goals that you're considering or that are already kind of um, spurring you forward now?
1: Absolutely. So really quickly, so there'll be the 316 through 301 um there was a lot of thought process, and I've been lucky. I have a great coach. Um, Who is
0: your coach? We've, we've 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 mentioned him or her a couple times now.
1: Josh Holly, and he works for BPN. He's a CFO of VPN, which is um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm partners with BPN. It's this Nick Barrett if you all heard of Nick Barrett? He's a big youtube and, and yeah, bear uh, performance
0: yeah bear performance nutrition they do he does he does a great job and he is such a captivating guy
1: for he sure. was my motive he is what got me to start running i stumbled oh into wow YouTube i meant videos. to ask you that that's great cr- yeah, thank you for sharing same, that i i was in a rut like probably many people during COVID times and 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 i was looking for some inspiration and i someone I, I, I to youtube and i saw this big dude running and i'm like this guy is running marathons i it was just so impressive to see. Given that that I come from a, like a surgery background, it was so inspirational to see that that uh, he is the one that got me to start. Well, because of him, I started running, and and now that I'm part of VP, it's just such a it's just wild what my life has been since then to now. And I'm part of the team, and and, and CFO Josh Holly is my coach, and uh, it's just a, such a beautiful journey. I just I just still can't believe my life right now. You know. Um, and aside from all the partnerships I've had as well, it's just I never thought I would. I never thought this would happen when I created this account in in, in, in November of 2020. But to 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 answer your question, there was a lot of thought process that went between the 316 to 301. A lot of like you know speed work, you know slowing down, you know re- looking at the data, slowing down my slow runs, and really um, focusing on trap workouts and tempo runs. There's a lot of that that we we work with. In I think that's what the gains for me were. So people ask me, well, how did you how did you you know get that? It, it, how did you get faster? Well, I really double lines in speed working in tempo training and really long my long runs with with surges and, and um you know really running at marathon pace and faster to feel that because you know oftentimes I and I and, you know I needed to you need to sustain those those paces for a long time and if you're not training that way. You don't wanna you don't wanna you don't wanna experiment on race day, right? So that's what we're doing doing during that time. Um I'm running CIM in December. Uh I'll see you there, my man. Oh yeah, buddy. I'm excited. Okay. See, I'm more excited now. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh it is in Sacramento. It's literally down the street from our, you know from Napa. So I'm so excited to, uh to be buying it. My goal there is to run a sub three we still don't know that what that time is yet. Um, But I think we we're we're close and I'm working my butt off to, to try to achieve that. So that's the current goal now. And that's the driver for this year. So I want to end the year in a sub three marathon. And if that, and that, if I get that, that would be an awesome end to this amazing, amazing year that I've had. Um, So that's, so that's my current goal. So Boston, I love it. I'm in it's, Check, it's done. I mean, I'm in, but I haven't focused on that too much because I'm focusing on CIM right now, and that's the yeah. current a current focus. is so CIM, it's oh, you know, just a few months from now. It's two months from now, basically, right? Sure is. Yeah. Um. So that's 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 the next, and that's what's driving me forward, um, and keeping me going. After this year, and I haven't thought about it other than than Boston. I'm not sure what I want to do. Maybe I want to just take a. Do it for do an experiment, just experience Boston for what it is, and run it for fun. But I'm I am have not given much thought yet of that yet. So when we get there, we'll we'll, we'll I'll think about that. But right now, I'm focusing on CLM.
0: I love it. Omar, thank you so much for coming on the show. And even more so, thank you for sharing your journey so openly over on Instagram and and, and and sharing with everybody, because it really is super fun to follow along with following you for a while. And it is a blast. So Omar, again, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Matt. I'll see you, see you again, buddy.
0: All right, folks, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you haven't already done so, go make sure you're subscribing over to Relay, where I'm one of nine creators who are doing some really fun stuff. This past week, we had a really fun episode that we put out yesterday, some, some Boston Marathon hot takes <laughs> that has been very well received. And we just love putting out interesting stuff that's hopefully fun, a lot of high-quality analysis as well. Tomorrow that's coming out is our Chicago Marathon Fantasy Draft. Five of us on the podcast pick five runners for a fantasy draft. So who's going to win? We'll find out. The episode was a lot of fun, and we'll do a recap episode after Chicago. But with that said, lastly, thank you to John G. Go to John today and use code Rambling to save 15% on the best running attire in the world that has a five-year guarantee. Thank you so much, everybody, and happy running.